Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. Glad to be here. It's a beautiful day. As I say, it's a, always a great day for hockey. Co-host today, Jordan Parisi. Hey, afternoon. Special guest today, Jake LeMay. Jake, you, uh, everything working over there? Yeah, I believe so. All I don't right, have to perfect. hit any certain buttons or anything. No, no. Well, that's why we got a producer, because otherwise, even at three buttons, I'd be overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake is the head coach of the Ogden Mustangs. Mustangs in the West States, Western States Hockey League. I don't know why I forgot how to talk all of a sudden. You'd think since it's my job, I'd know how to do it. But So the WSHL, and uh, not just, I mean, you guys are probably the flagship for the WSHL. And it's, it's I want to get into all that and figure out how you've done it, because that's, it's been, it's impressive, and it's so much fun to watch and to, to follow the team and to follow the players afterwards. I mean, you've had some amazing kids come through here. And to see them be, you know, playing NCAA Division One and Division Three, and it's just—I don't know if you even knew that, Jordan. We've had like, the, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you're the only te- only team to put a guy in Division One. Yeah, direct, of, directly from our league, correct? Okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from grew, grew up, born and raised in Muskegon, Michigan, and uh, played hockey throughout the state my whole life, and bounced around, played a little juniors and some minor pro. Uh, met some people along the way that kind of transcended into relationships that uh, brought me out here. Okay, uh, so we, we I don't want to glaze over everything because I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer you a little bit on playing and because you played club you played ACHA right? Yeah, I played uh, a semester of ACHA. Yeah, and now you're kind of like against it. Are you? I wouldn't say against you. You want your players to be correct, yeah. Not I, in ACHA. You want to see them go NCAA, right? I, I, to each his own. You know, no. I, I think uh, I think it's um, you know players. I, personally, I never grew up striving to be an ACHA hockey player, and I don't think a lot of players or parents invest into saying, "Okay, let's settle." Um, right. You know, so so we really strive the you know, NCAA, and and I I recognize I'm not naive enough to say that it's it's for everybody financially, um, academically. There's there's a lot of different avenues, but um, from a, from a program, from a personal, from uh, you know my players, they come to me wanting to play NCAA college hockey. Right. I don't, I don't think that. I mean, I absolutely agree with that 100. percent But I was gonna I was gonna step into coaching at, at Weber this year, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna be all over Jake because I want all of it. Like any player that's not going NCAA, I want to stay in Ogden and play at Weber because you you bring in winners and you bring in all this talent. So it was gonna be 
I was going to be your best friend. Instead of my husband calling you daily and coming to all the games. But all right, so you you played. Uh, were you? What was your role as a player? I uh, I just kind of had to find what was missing, I guess. And uh, I've always been a, a bigger guy, more of an aggressor, and uh, skill sets didn't really come naturally to me. So I think uh, growing up, I, I you know I was a, a better player, and as I hit the open market and exposed myself in junior camps, I I wasn't as talented as I thought I had initially been and had to, uh, I played a physical brand, so I found, um, you know, fighting was a part of my game and not necessarily going out being an enforcer, but more or less having to defend myself from, from playing a physical game. So I learned how to defend myself pretty quickly and, you know, kind of went from there yeah there's still tapes on i mean you can still find videos of you on yeah, youtube they're scarce but they're there. <laughs> oh you, you did well um all right so how do you end up in ogden it wasn't your first stop as coach right no so i uh after i got done playing um i moved to new york and uh ran a strength and conditioning place there in long island um, got really familiar with the coaches there and the, the general manager and the program ran by the New York Islanders. Uh, at the time, it was PAL, Suffolk PAL. Now it's the PAL Islanders and the NCDC. Um, but I was there for three years doing all the strength and conditioning, kind of was brought on as a as an assistant coach and learned the reins. I knew it was something that I wanted to get into. Uh, mentored under Alexei Nikiforov, which was then the head coach, Dan Marshall, um, some of those guys out on Long Island. And just kind of uh, was grooming myself to to see what was next. Um, an opportunity presented itself to move down to Florida, where I was the strength and conditioning coach for the ECHL team for two years. Uh, we started a junior program, which was then the Empire, um, which is now the USPHL. They have a premier and an elite division there. Uh, spent two years there, and then um, a local, David Imani from Salt Lake here, um, kind of worked with me, mentoring me and helping me get from camp to camp when I was uh, bouncing around the professional ranks. Um, told me about an opportunity out here and kind of just uh, threw in my resume as maybe a free trip to see Utah. I've never been out here. and Really? Eight years later, here I am. Yeah. You've been here a long time. I had no idea Dave had his hand in all of that. Yeah. Well, he, he kinda, when I was playing, he just uh, – he wasn't necessarily – he was – kind of getting into the role of where he is now you know right, he's, right. he's pretty well established but um i don't want to say he preyed on guys like me because i was fortunate <laughs> to have him but you know he he worked with guys that were needing yeah. to find homes you right, know and, yeah. and he he worked really hard and um you know he's continued to work really hard to build his brand and and his business and uh we stayed friends and and kind of kept in touch and you know it's uh it's a close, tight-knit circle, you know? Yeah, it really is. And, and Dave's name comes up quite a bit with the players. But it's funny that you bring that up because it was the same. Th- I was I was a pretend agent for a minute, and it was all by accident. It was just because of Shattuck guys. And, uh, Jordan, you know the Deeths. Yeah. yeah, And, yeah. and uh, I, I got a phone call. Like, I was I – was, these guys weren't getting offers anywhere because uh, Kevin was older. Right, no, Brian was older. And so Brian and I were talking, and he's like, hey, I uh, – I'm not getting any offers to go pro out of college, and and uh, I had only known him from Shattuck, and I was like, well, Dave hadn't really established himself yet, and I'm like, well, I think I can do this. Let me let me make a phone call. I'll just call the Grizzlies. I don't, you know, it's from eBuggin, and so I I called, and they're like, yeah, we'll take a look at him. Let's bring him to camp. That's cool. Yeah, sure. 
I was like, well, that was easy. And then Brian calls me again. He's like, hey, I got like four other guys <laughs> that, that aren't getting offers anywhere. And so I st- all of a sudden, for two years during the offseason, I had a list of guys I'd go through and I'd, I'd get their hockey DB. And then I'd, I'd like learned how to send an email to a coach that all they had to do is click their name and it would go right to their hockey DB. And if I had any video for them, and all of a sudden I started landing guys, but I never charged anybody. So I did it for like two, two and a half years. I got that. I got Brian Deeth, and then I ended up getting Kevin Deeth a deal. And then I was dealing with uh, one of Kevin's friends, and he ended up getting he lost an eye, and he called me. And he, he like hit the eye with a puck or something, and he called me. He's like, "What am I going to do?" And I'm like, "I have no. I'm not an agent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a real agent." So guys like Dave, I mean, it is you. You go through and you get the guys that are really on the bubble of making any team anywhere, and you start making phone calls, and you do. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and there's there's definitely uh, I'm I'm glad that you guys brought up Dave and what he has done because he's helped a couple of my friends as well and I know that like there were certain points in my career where I had friends that were you know AHL East Coast bubble players and they couldn't find agents because the NHL agents you know for I guess understandably but unfortunately did not want to work with guys that were not going to make them a lot of money right. Um, so they would run into these really sticky situations where they want to play and they want to do the right things and they'll run through a wall, but they have nobody that will represent them. And then they, you know, they can't find a place to play. Yeah, that's tough. That's crazy. So, and then what seems to be the case for Dave is Dave makes friends with a lot of these guys and then finds them jobs, not as an agent, but as, you know, he, not as a player, but he still kind of becomes your broker and gets you a coaching gig. <laughs> yeah, full circle, you know, and, and the thing is, is a, a lot of it's, there's a lot of guys out there and, and with Dave, it was always for me, it was integrity. You know, I knew that he was working at all. I could call him at three in the morning if something happened and, um, you know, he, he was trying to establish himself too. So I was looking at myself like, hey, we're both on equal playing fields here. Here's myself, I'm working hard trying to to earn a living and yeah. and and earn my keep and and here's this guy doing the same thing and I knew he was bringing in like-minded clients you know guys that were like Jordan said on, on the bu- bubble there and uh, you know he he kind of had to work with what he had available to him and establish those relationships and not only finding them on ice jobs but coaching jobs you look at you know Kevin McClellan who has a good relationship and worked with him from team to team and. You know, so yeah, it's pretty cool, and that's. I mean, man, how, how do you become Kevin McClellan's agent? Like that dude's he's in the NHL Hall of Fame. But anyway, so um, you come to Ogden. You weren't. Were you the first coach for the Mustangs, or did Dave coach it for a year? No. So D- Dave was quote unquote my assistant. You know, he was still doing his things, but he was coming up and helping out. Um, there, I came in in their second year. Okay. Um, I I don't really know. I, I for, Devin maybe. Uh, Minnesota guy they brought in the first year. I, I don't think there was a ton of success there. Um, and then I believe Joe Flieger maybe had stepped in. Oh, okay. The, um, the old Weber State coach. Yeah. And then uh, the I, I kind of came into it blind. You know, I didn't know much about the league. I, I didn't know anything about the Millers, nothing about – I didn't even know what Ogden, Utah was. You yeah. Know, so. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, and, and that's one of the things that's kind of undercover, but Ogden is a great – like I would move there in a heartbeat if I could. It's such a great little city, and it's—I mean, obviously it's got some bad parts that make the news every once in a while. But man, the restaurants are the best. The people there are awesome. Like I lived there for a year and a half. I loved every minute of it. And we, like I said, I'd go back. And when my kids started aging out, I started looking at going back. I want to sell my house and move to Ogden. But man, it, it's expensive there. Apparently, everybody else does know it's a, an awesome place to live. Yeah, and I think I, it, it's 
it's interesting seeing it grow too. You know, this is eight years later, and yeah. from not, not only our fan base and, and our organization, the way it's grown, but the community. Um, you know, I recently purchased a home there. Well, two years ago, I purchased a home, but to see the, uh, you know, how the real estate market has has increased. Yeah. Um, you know, condos going up everywhere, little restaurants, chains. Um, you know, so it, it's really becoming a, a pretty cool little town. Yeah, it really is, and, and it's changed a lot in the last eight years for sure. All right, so now you've taken over, and like you said, you didn't know the league, you didn't really know the Millers, who are awesome owners, Lori Miller and uh, I forgot the husband's name, David. David Miller, like great owners, they're totally vested in, in making sure that team's successful, and they just seem to be awesome people to work with. And my experience with you and with them, it was it was awesome. Even though one of my guys wrecked her truck, but I didn't know about it until Jake, Jake calls me. He's like, hey, how's this truck wrecked? I'm like, I don't know. Did it get hit in the parking lot or something? But one of my guys had wrecked the truck and hadn't told me yet because he was out trying to get it fixed already. He was already making phone calls to get it fixed because he felt bad about it. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a funny story, but it wasn't, it wasn't at the time. <laughs> um, all right, so how do you come into this and not knowing the league and not knowing, like, you know, Ogden, how do you get – successful players here how do you turn this into what you've done uh well i think in year one i just kind of took what my recipe for success uh you know when i was in long island we had actually won a national championship my first year there um physically being part of the coaching staff we had won a national championship the second year we lost in the finals of the national championship i went down to florida um made nationals our first year as an inaugural season you know first year team um you know, so I, I took what I the skill sets and and everything that I had learned of how to build the team, the chemistry, everything, um, and kind of went into the unknown. And I think that first year we were maybe one game under five hundred. I think we were like nineteen, twenty, and seven or something like that. And um, you know, it t- it took a year to kind of see how to be successful in in the league. It was a little bit bigger. It was a little bit older. It was a lot tougher. Um, the travel demands were a lot more demanding. So um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily in the players. I think the players, we, we've obviously um, over the years have, have increased the, the skill sets and the experience of some of the guys that we brought in. But I think we, we, we run a demanding program. You know, we have high expectations. Um, I never enter a season, you know, hoping to be 500 or, you know, it, it's a never say die attitude. You know, we, I think the players, it's, I, I'm not excluded from, from the demands. You know, I, I expect a lot out of myself. So in return, you know, the players, I think, see that and, um, and work hard. Yeah, that's cool. And you've definitely, I mean, you definitely see it. Um, the last few years you've, you've set records and it seems like every year you're better. Uh, last season championship, you, you played in the championship. Yeah. And lost that one to El Paso. Yeah. No, no, yeah, the Rhinos. Yeah, with Brickley on the team, and then uh, the year before that, you made it. How far did you guys make it the year before that? Made it to the finals, lost by one goal to the Rhinos in El Paso. So, okay, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, yeah, Jordan knows. Jordan, yeah, I've 
Jordan's lost a cha- like a lot in se- game seven. A I've lot never of game been, sevens. I've never been good enough to be to a championship, so I don't even know what it's like. I've been to them, like I watch them on TV and stuff. No, on, on the podcast I did, yeah, we kind of went over that. I think that it was like <laughs> five years in a row of game seven losses, and Ugh. then I ended my career in game seven. But yeah, uh, <laughs> hopefully the the third time's the charm here. You know, we're going back at it. We've uh, we've been to four Thorn Cups in the last seven years. Yeah, um, four division champions. We average, you know, over seven NCAA commits a year. Yeah, um, see, that's know, the so. part that's crazy is that that stands out in the WSHL because that's unique, right? You've had, like, obviously El Paso's put a couple guys in there, and now you've got the Utah Outliers have, have done one or two. But you're, you've you got the banners up. I don't know if they're still up. I haven't been there for a year or so. But you guys put banners up for the guys that go. Yeah. And, I mean, you're going to need a bigger rink because you guys have banners all the way across – yeah, the so wall. it stretches all 200 feet now. So we're uh, we're looking at our our second layer. We've got the four division championships. Um, we've retired two jerseys just because two players who were pretty special to our program who helped us build from from where we started. But uh, yeah, I think we have 50 53 NCAA banners. Four of them are uh, some of our British players who came in that are now in uh, gone gone from our program to the EIHL, which is the you know top league over in in. Uh, Great Britain. Yeah, who who are those players? Uh, David Clements. He's playing for Coventry. Um, uh, Craig Moore played last year in uh, Cardiff. Uh, he was part of the. Uh, I think he's in Fife now. Um, Alex Forbes. Forbes. Yeah. Yeah. He came and rolled with me to the fire department a few times. Yeah. Good. Awesome kid. Yeah. Great uh, kid. So he, he's going on his second year there, and then uh, in my first year, we had a young man named Bobby Chamberlain who played in Hall. Okay. So wow. let, let me ask you this. Do you think that the amount of great players are being spread out more? Because how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, so you're the same age as me. So pretty much you can you can attest to this, that pretty much when we were coming up through our days, uh, if you didn't play in the USHL, like you're pretty much not you're not going to have a chance to play Division One. And, and, of course, there are a couple outliers. And then all of a sudden the um, – NHL started to become a pretty good league, and then there's more players. And I don't know if there was a, a I don't know if there was a dimin- diminishing amount from the USHL, but it just seems like all of these leagues that were once considered kind of an end are now producing players. So, do you think that the level of talent is being spread out more? Do you think that there's just more, far more good players that are out there? Do you think? I mean, why why do you think that this is going on? That, that you can it. it it's not a career ender for you to go to a lesser league is more or less what I'm saying. Right, and I think that's part of the education process too is, you know, when when you grew up, when I grew up, um, you know, the US for, for me personally, the USHL is like, man, I'm you know, I'm never going to play there. You know, I had dreams of the North American League, which at that point, the North American League and the AWHL right. uh, were kind of on equal terms. You yep. know, you had the Bozemans and the Helenas that were really good representatives of, you know, the West. And, yeah. you know, back in the, you had the Texas Tornado and Compuware, the Sioux Indians. So, um, you know, I bounced around in those camps and everything. And I think that it was, those leagues were so small at that point that, they had the um they had the ability to kind of pick and choose you know not that they don't now but the good players i felt at that point were that much better cuz it's like the old nhl you know if if you want to be in the nhl and there's only 10 teams you well now there's how many teams 32 teams right yeah right um you know but now you look and there's 400 options across north america so um i think more kids are are 
playing the game, which is awesome. You know, it's it's growing and unorthodox. You know, when I grew up, no one was playing in Tennessee. Nobody was playing in Florida, <laughs> California, Texas. You know, so um, those those states really help out. I think uh, I think as players mature into coaches and and find roles that they're not necessarily always able to jump right into the NHL or you know AHL ECHL and uh, they're building programs like myself and and others that came before me I, I think that opens the doors to educating the players of here's my playing experience For you sure. know, th- things like that so and if you have strong ownership and and committed staff and the right facilities I, I you know the sky's the limit and i think that you know ogden is a is a testament to that yeah Very really cool. it really seems i don't have you been to ogden no okay we were I, I know we talked about it a lot when we used to bring you here for our camps but ogden's a great it looks like the perfect college town and it's it's great it's got now it's got a double sheet there and the one how many how many seats are in the main they say 2400 but the upper deck is the bleacher seating and i think that you could probably i mean you got to be skinny to fit in one of those you know, so, um, I, I think for probably every two seats up there you get one so i uh, 2200 okay. 2100 and you know believe it or not we, we've sold out last year i think we sold out six or seven times yeah that's so it's so great so anyway uh, what i was saying is i mean they've got this amazing building and then they've got this amazing program and then and then jake and the mustangs have came in and they've taken over the locker room so they have Almost an NHL setup, or definitely an AHL setup, where they've got their permanent locker room, they've yep. got a weight room, and Jake, with you being a strength and conditioning guy, that was like that was one of the best little box gyms around. And I didn't get to take much advantage of it, but um, they really have put this. It's a it's a great setup they have there, and I, I can see why kids are coming. And you get tons of Euros coming. Can I say Euro? Euro yeah, can I, Europeans. European, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing here. Uh, but you get you get the Europeans coming in, and and so you've sold out six games. But you have a pretty good. How many home games do you guys have a year? Twenty four home games, and I think of the fr- uh, I think eighteen or nineteen of those are Friday Saturdays. Yeah, and you guys get good crowds, yeah. and they've grown, and you've got it's it's funny because uh, people have talked to me about the Mustangs before, and they uh, I still well, last winter. I had, I think I was wearing my Mustangs jacket, and the guy stopped me, and he was talking to me about it, and he's like, "Hey, you coach the Mustangs?" I'm like, uh, "No," he's like, but anyway, he was there. They're so there. You get some diehard fans out of Ogden, though. Yeah, and, and that's and cool. It's, and it's been awesome to see the how it's built. You know, like coming from the East Coast and knowing, you know, you, you go to a game in Boston, and it's usually a couple billets, maybe girlfriend, <laughs> you know, fifteen, twenty people <laughs> right, there. Yeah. And, I was blown away. Like in year one, there was 250 fans, and I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, and then year two, we win a division championship, goes into year three, there's 700 fans. Then there's 900 fans. You know, now on a Friday, Saturday night, we're averaging 1,500 plus, and it's just like, man, you know, so to, so, to see the evolution of, and, and not only that, like the, the fans, they were, they weren't necessarily fans, they were spectators at one point, you know, and now, just to see them learn the game and, and and us too part of our goal is to educate the fans as well you know so educating them on the league educating them on the the officiating and stuff like that but you know we went from 250 spectators to 1500 die hard loud bang the glass fans hockey know? educated they know awesome. oh, they yeah. know what to yell at the ref now right. they know when to, <laughs> they know when to yell at the ref now well that's awesome and uh so 
kind of out of nowhere lately because you guys used to have it pretty easy, but now the outliers have stepped up. You guys have a real good in-state battle with those guys, right? Yeah. Um, how? What was it like last year? I don't know the. I don't. I don't know the stats, but last year, so I think two years ago, they had our number. Um, from a, from a talent perspective, you know, I, I thought that we, you know, had more talent, but it was just something about. Uh, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a battle every time they played us. They played a tougher brand. They were bigger. Um, they were stronger. They played a little bit more gritty. Um, our style, we, we didn't really match, match well. So they had our number. I think we went four and or maybe three and six against them two years ago. I want to say last year we went, uh, we played them nine times. We went 8-0-1, oh, I think. Oh, wow. So... So it maybe, wasn't as wasn't, wasn't as even as I thought it was last year. It must have been the year before. I was thinking yeah, the of. year before they they went to the Thorn Cup the year before as well. But oh, they're wow. still very competitive. I mean, right. I don't think last year we won. We had one blowout game where I think they they just you know they they lost their composure completely and we went on like a four game or a four goal tear in a matter of minutes. But every other game I think was a one two goal game. So it, they were still highly competitive, emotional. You know, yeah, yeah. it's the battle of the state and right. Um, it, it it really hasn't mattered who's been better. I look back to even when Jeff Carr was there a long time ago, and before they were the outliers, and they were the Salt Lake City Moose. And for some reason, it's just it's that in-state rivalry that everybody plays big. Yeah. And in the last two years, um, also regardless of regular season, we've won the division championship in double overtime of Game Three. Wow. <laughs> See, that's awesome, and that's I mean that's so cool that we have. These programs in state now, where they, you have, and you have, I think, a record number for you of in state kids. Maybe, maybe year one when you were here, you had some, but like last year, I think you got five, four or five. We're at six or seven this year. Yeah, see, that's great. And that, w- the thing I love about that is I think, because you're not a guy that's going to be like, I'm just doing this as there's a local kid that I'm just going to put on the team so his parents are happy or whatever. You're doing it because they earn their spot on the team. There's no, there's no, exceptions on your team right no, no I, everybody comes in on an even playing field and you know i think part of it's too you get some guys like the uh, christian finney he's been gone the last two years playing in wenatchee triple a um you know some of the guys go out to colorado and, and play but to have them expose them to you know triple a elsewhere and they move out and they get life experience and they come back and they're a little bit more mature and they have the opportunity to say hey you know i've, I've i don't have to go to boston anymore you know i can live at home or i can bill it 30 minutes north and and yeah. still play for a program and win and have the ability to to move on yeah that's awesome and it's great and that's that's why i wanted to have you in is just talk about it and that and that means for for anybody that hasn't had the opportunity to go check out these junior a games that are here it's uh it's these kids put it all out there and we've got it's good hockey it's fun to watch and now we've got the you can see the mustangs play they're all their home games in Ogden, plus you can see the outliers play, and then you get to see them play against each other. So you've, you've got another opportunity to watch really good hockey, and then now we have another destination for our kids to go where they don't have to leave the state. They can stay here and still have the opportunity to get out. Mm-hmm. So uh, can you tell – I'm going to give you a second to sell your, sell your program. Let's get, let's get some people out here. What, what would you say to get people out to your game? If you, oh, I just say it's, a, it's super fan-friendly. You know, um, it's a venue built for for hockey it's uh 
you know you, you go to the venues all around and the grizzlies obviously great hockey great players great coaching staff but um the game feeling you know and it's not always loud and rowdy and in your face where you know with with the mustangs i think you're 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 that much closer to the player it's it's a family environment um we we try to be inclusive we do a lot of fun games you know for for, for the spectator it it's uh it's not only a game but it's a show you know we've got the lights we've got the smoke we've got the sirens the entrance tunnel yeah. uh you know we score goals we've added things every year to kind of keep the fans engaged but uh we score a goal now and the whole building blacks out and strobes go off on the goalies you know so oh, cool. so it, it's fun you know we we've got the bubble balls and the t-shirt cannons and the four oh, yeah. wheelers on intermissions wow <laughs> you got a good mascot too yeah yeah murray he's all he's all over the place yeah it's fun i still have on my uh i have a little like video it's a it's a Mac computer that we just use as a video screen, and every once in a while it just pops through for when Tegan's coming out of that tunnel, for my son coming out. That's yeah. always fun. Just stops and plays a little video, of, and they do. It's it's a full thing, man. You guys really put on a good show. It's awesome to see, and uh, I can't wait to see some games. We're gonna cover games this year and come out and and help promote and talk about. And we did it last year. I don't know if you saw, but we covered and talked about the players. We just talk about the local players and how they're doing on your team. Uh, speaking of which, did you do you have a local goalie? Titan Anderson. Are you bringing a Titan this year? Yeah, Titan. You, I don't know if you remember Titan. Titan was, you've coached him for years. I haven't. Titan, Titan has come to every year of our goalie camp. That's he's, awesome. <laughs> he's sta- he started, I mean, he was just teeny when he was coming out. Now guy. he's playing junior. And I think that's what everybody says. Like, uh, they said, you know, he's, Adam Bartholomew, he obviously was with the Renegades, and now he's out in Philly, and he called me, he's like, you took Titan Anderson, the little guy? So he's not really little. He's six one, you know, <laughs> because he must have grown. So I think, yeah. But he's he's doing really well. You know, he's he's got to mature physically. But um, you know, he's standing in there and taking the shots. We're four four days into you know the season. We had a little training camp over the weekend, and now four days of regular practice. But he's hanging in there and you know yeah. taking it. So well, I've always lived, and that's a great family too. His his family's top notch and. Uh, his older brother was my son's age, so I got to spend a lot of time on the road with those guys. I took uh, Landon, his older brother, I took him back to Shattuck with me one of the years, let him go through camp there. So, yeah, great family. It's awesome to see a Utah goalie playing there, too. So that's cool. Yeah. All right, well, um, anything else you want to say about the program or anything else you want to say about the rivalry or anything? No, we're just super excited to continue to grow. You know, it's uh, we, we've seen a lot of growth and success in, in my eight years, and, you know, hopefully there's – there's many more years to to come i think that as we see salt lake and ogden continue to grow and um you know we we want hockey to grow within that and and hopefully people come out and continue to sport you know good hockey here jake had a question for you um with your transition away from playing and then into coaching what were some of the things that you i guess brought to coaching um that has i guess made you successful or you know as as you sit there and you progress through time, there's obviously coaches that you don't like, and there's things that you don't like. Whether it's guys that scream at you all the time, or whether it's they're too hard on you, or they're not hard enough on you, they don't scream enough. Like, what have you taken from the people that you had before and implemented into your own coaching style to get maximum growth out of your players? Yeah, I think uh, you know that's a good question because if you were to ask my dad, who's been my biggest fan, you know, since I laced up skates is you know it's often the pot calling the kettle black you know if, 
you know, if 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 I would have coached me when I was sixteen, seventeen, <laughs> right. you know, it would have been nuts. But um, you know, I think I think I've probably learned more of what I don't like. Um, I think that how I've evolved as a coach, you know, it's always that first year, like, especially for me too, being a a fighter, you know, a guy that just always needed to do something to make sure my gear was still in my stall the next morning. <laughs> um, how, how I've evolved as a coach and, you know, doing seminars and, um, you know, talking to sports psychologists and, and listen to webinar, you know, think, things like that. You know, I, I think that the way we play hockey in Ogden is it's, you know, it's a 180 from who I was as a player. And I think that that's evolved because in my first year, we led the league in penalty minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, the last two years, we've been the least penalized team in the league. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a, we're a fast team. We're, we've got a lot of skill. I think that um, a lot of it for me is y- you have to teach the game. I think that, you know, I, I've got friends who are in the ECHL and the AHL, and they've always said, you know what, this it, it's not as much coaching as it is managing. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, these guys are good enough in Salt Lake, you know, with the Grizzlies. Like, they don't need to know what a 2-1-2 is. Right. You know, it's you have to manage the people, you know. And I, and I think for me it's been understanding and knowing, you know, who can I rip into, um, who do I have to massage a little bit, you know, what I can say where. Um, personally, getting the right guys on the ice at the right time, um, making the people around me better. You know, I, I strive to be the best I can be. I wake up every day. You know, I, I work out. I, I try to be a walking example for my for my players. But I think it, it's not about just me being the best I can be. I think that I have to groom my assistant coach into being a better coach. Um, you know, so, so every, I think it's just been, for me, it's been the evolution of my growth and how I can make the people around me better and having the players just being the walking example to the players of, you know, that's a guy that I want to play for. This is an organization that practices what they preach. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, um, that's really all we have for today. Obviously, we're going to have to keep touching base with you during the season, as long as you're comfortable with that. Cause we, yeah, I didn't know what I was stepping into, but it's pretty cool. So, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm open. I know it's funny because a lot of people are. Like, I'm like, hey, come, uh, come be on the podcast. And they're like, uh, this is like in your basement. Like maybe, I'll, maybe <laughs> I don't want to go to your basement. But yeah, it's the big leagues here. We're KSL, so we got a nice studios and we got a producer that knows what he's doing. So it's, we're we're not over there going. I don't know why it's not working. Because that happens to me all the time with computers. But anyway, um, so it's it's the Ogden Mustangs. They're playing out of we still call it the ice sheet. Did they? Yeah. They haven't changed that yet. No. Okay. So it's it's the ice sheet, and it's it's awesome. If you haven't been to a game yet, you got to go check them out. It's this, it's on Weber State campus, and uh, twenty six home games, twenty four home 24 games, twenty four home games, twenty four home games this year. So you got plenty of opportunities to get out and see them. They're selling season tickets. If you live anywhere in the area and you like hockey and you haven't been yet, you need to go. And if you're a hockey fan and you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, well, you need to. And you just text the word puck to 57500 or just go to kslsports.com. It's not just KSL and it's not KSL Classifieds. It's kslsports.com. Click on podcasts and we're right there. And Jake, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. Jordan. Thank you again. Thanks for coming out, man. It's awesome to have you here. It's nice to have somebody that uh, knows hockey that <laughs> can be the co-host. That's uh, all good. All right. And uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining us today, and that's the Utah Puck Report.